Good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I am beyond happy to be back. I missed you, and then I missed you, and then I missed you some more. You have no idea how you miss people when you're watching television. I couldn't smell you. You didn't know I was smelling you, right? I couldn't smell you. I couldn't touch you. I couldn't make you laugh. I couldn't. You were on that, what is that tube thingy? YouTube, thank you. The YouTube, it's, a, it's really a wonderful thing to have. But of course, you know, it's just, it's not like you in person. May I thank you heartily and profoundly and lovingly for the flowers, the calls, and the cards. But most especially, might I thank you for loving me. That was an amazing gift from you. I'm not telling you if I cried when I read the cards because you couldn't see me. This surgery, this whole macular hole was successful, but the full restoration of my sight is going to take about another four, maybe to six weeks. So I look wonderfully healthy and in my right eye, I can only see the ceiling. It has a gas bubble that is slowly dissipating. I have no peripheral vision and very little depth perception, which is why Father Glenn was bringing me up here, because I can't determine when there's a stare and when I should um, put my foot up. However, the surgeon has told me I'm not going to suffer any blindness or diminished sight in this eye. And that is all I cared about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So remember you did the laying on of the hands? So this is not a victory alone, is it? This is a shared victory, and I thank you for the family that you are to me. Now, last Sunday was Pentecost. I saw, I watched the, don't help me, YouTube, right? Okay. So I watched the YouTube, and there you were. And so I got to see you, and I got to hear, <clears throat> I got to hear the service. So last Sunday was Pentecost, when we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit. It was also my anniversary. I came to St. John in 2012 on Pentecost. So it was just very meaningful, right? So we get the gift of the Holy Spirit that Jesus left behind, thank heavens, to comfort us, sustain us, inspire us also in his absence. Now today we celebrate Trinity Sunday and the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as one singular God. Belief in the Trinity is what distinguishes Christianity from others who also believe in one God. So today is a feast because we are celebrating the foundation of our faith. Sometimes it is said that Trinity is the only feast in the church year devoted to a doctrine. 
However, it is also the Sunday that fills many clergy with anxiety and consternation trying to pre prepare a sermon on Trinity without using a whole lot of theological speech and putting you to sleep. The Book of Common Prayer contains the historical documents of the church. We don't dive into that very often, but it's there. And the very first article of religion is about our faith in the Holy Trinity. This is what it says. There is but one living and true God, everlasting without body, parts, or passions, of infinite power, wisdom, and goodness, the maker and preserver of all things, both visible and invisible. And in unity of this Godhead, there be three persons of one substance, one power, one eternity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's a lot to consider. Three beings, one being. One being, three beings. God, God is not three separate substances. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are a single reality. They have a single will, a single energy, a single purpose, one God. We believe that our triune God is the Father, the loving creator of the universe, and the Son, the Redeemer who gave us the gift of eternal life, and the Holy Spirit, the provider of inspiration, strength, and comfort, the sustainer of our faith. So I submit to you, this is new math, where one equals three and three equals one. Don't tell your children. Today might also be considered as Unity Sunday. Now, let's not confuse ourselves with conformity or sameness. So I think that unity suggests generosity, love, some humility, all mixed in there. The Trinity itself is an example of the tension, beauty, and mystery of unity. So in the collect today, Anne said, acknowledge the glory of the eternal Trinity and in the power of your divine majesty, worship the unity. Unity, again, does not mean sameness. If God wanted saints, God would have created a really different world, right? So look around the room and notice the differences between you and your neighbor, even when someone is related to you. Now, as a child, and some of me is still a child, and that's not bad, I was fascinated, fascinated by the fact that every single human being on the face of the earth has a different set of fingerprints. Just here, just in here, us. No two of us have the same 
fingerprint. And our little fingers aren't that big. So we all have different little nicks and knocks and quarrels and, you know, who shot John going on here? We are all different. That is a magnificent thing to consider. We are all created by God and we are not the same. Our Genesis story, the creation of the universe, starts with sameness. Darkness covered the face of the deep, but it ends in a kaleidoscope of diversity. All of these things that God created. We do not worship a God of sameness. We worship a God of unity. Now, let me digress for a moment, as I frequently do. I love Genesis story. Do you love the Genesis story? When I started seminary, I only took one class because I wasn't sure how this school thing was going to work out. I was not a young person. I was happy, but I was not particularly young, so I wasn't sure about school. So off I go, and my first class is Old Testament. Wonderful professor. He starts out the class by saying, we're going to begin in Genesis with the creation myth. I was just completely undone. This guy is called the Holy Scripture, a myth, the creation story. Now, we do know that. We don't know how long one day was to God. Was it a thousand days, a thousand years? We, we didn't know that. But I thought how strange he thought of the creation myth. So I said to him later, do you always start like that? And he said, yes, I want undivided attention. I said, well, I can't speak for the other students, but you sure got mine. The second thing, <clears throat> excuse me, that I find compelling, you will, about the Genesis story is the magnitude of what we have as it rolled out day after day, and it was good, and the fourth day. So now, let me tell you about my son, two sons. We attended Holy Faith in Inglewood as a family. And midway through the service, the children went off to Sunday school. Now, my oldest child was a very, very curious child, saw no boundaries, and knew no one greater than himself, right? So you coerced him into obeying, but you didn't demand it. So we have a little bite to eat in the morning, so they're not hungry, but when we come home, I have a full Sunday breakfast. So we came home, and I went into the kitchen. He comes, and he says to me, Mommy, today for breakfast, we're having blueberry pancakes, bacon, sliced apples, and milk, and no scrambled eggs. So I say to him, really? How's that? going on, son. He says, well, today I learned in Sunday school that I have dominion over the entire world. So that Genesis story, right? I have dominion. I thought to myself, you have dominion of, over breakfast Sunday morning. That's it. We're done. So of course that morning we had blueberry pancakes, bacon, sliced apples, milk, and no scrambled eggs. Next Sunday, we have rambled eggs. So, 
The Holy Trinity is an example of this sort of unity. Different, mysterious, communal, relational. Each element of the Trinity can be described as a different identity, yes. But our answer to this question, how many gods do we worship? The only answer that we can offer is one. You have heard some of the many ways our tradition has described the three souls of God. The most orthodox is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But you have also heard this. This is common. Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer. Our lovely presiding Bishop Curry, who is just a, I was going to say doll. I can't say that. You don't call the presiding bishop a doll. Okay. But he's just delightful, right? This is what he says. Loving, liberating, and life-giving God. Loving, liberating, and life-giving God. I love that. The New Zealand prayer book, though, I've been to church in New Zealand, describes the Trinity in this way. Earth maker, pain bearer, life giver. Wow. Earth maker, pain bearer, life giver. In the reading this morning, the Gospel of Matthew, we zoom into a moment where Jesus is commissioning his disciples to make more disciples. Go, make more. Go, baptize. Go everywhere, he says. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Jesus sends them to all nations, knowing full well that each nation is saturated in its own context, its own culture, its language, tradition, family systems. Each nation is different. By uniting different nations into following Christ, Jesus is inviting the church into tension, into relationship, into the juiciness, if you will, of our differences. But he commands his disciples to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, a Trinity community. That's us, a Trinity community that also contains tension, relationship, and the juiciness, if you will, of our differences. What gives me peace and happiness about the Trinity is that it affirms that God does not exist in isolation. Our God is a social God. Even prior to creation, God existed in relationship and that relationship consisted of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are created in God's image, and we become whole, finest, our finest selves. We become whole only in relationship to one another and to Almighty God. We must be in relationship with one another and with God. It's 
the New Testament commandments, isn't it? Love God and your neighbor as yourself. And then I am the finest of who I am. The Trinity is a mystery, a puzzle. We're not supposed to solve something. You don't get any clues. It's a mystery. In Greek, the word mystery is a synonym for sacrament. So the Trinity is a sacrament to be experienced. And a sacrament is more than meets the eye, more than we can see and touch. Think about the water of holy baptism. Back we go to the font. The water is blessed, and it is now a sacrament more than meets the eye. The bread and the wine for Holy Eucharist is blessed and consecrated. And what is it? More than simply meets the eye. So we have the faith to know that this all is a mystery of faith, not a puzzle. The Holy Trinity tells us the living truths about God and helps us understand how we are to live into that truth. I think of the triune God as a dance of sort, a circle, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit with hands joined together in a circle. No beginning and no end, and a dance of great joy. None of the partners can be confused because each partner is different. No partner is greater than the other. Each partner is special, unique, but together these three move as one in everlasting, unconditional mercy, grace, and love. And the miracle for me, the circle opens and embraces us, includes us, draws us in to become partners. The spirit offers the power to move. The sun offers the wounded, the wounded hand of redemption. God offers the face of unconditional love. Now, some of you will say to me, Deacon Margaret, I'm not sure I'm catching on to dancing scenario because I don't dance. You don't have to dance. This is not about bad dancing. This is about whether or not you choose to dance at all. So what finally matters is not how well we dance, but that we do what? That we take a risk. Step out in faith and join the triune dance with our holy triune God. The Holy Trinity is a sacrament to contemplate and experience. So Trinity Sunday, my brothers and sisters, is the day for us, the church, to celebrate its faith in God and how we live out that faith. It is our opportunity to wrestle and struggle and celebrate the meaning of God in our lives and in the life of this faith community that we share.
to the community that hears the salvation story and how God has acted and continues to act in our lives, let's remember we are created in God's image and we are God's children. To the community that lives the resurrected life of the risen Christ and makes that life manifest in the world, let's remember to be welcoming and inclusive. To the community that knows it is empowered by the Holy Spirit to live boldly, let's remember to proclaim the good news, go forth into the world, baptizing in the name of that Holy Trinity. We say this, we're going to say this in a minute. We believe in what? One God, the Father, the Almighty. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, of one being with the Father. We believe in the Holy Spirit who proceeds from the Father and the Son. So, I say to you today, shall we dance? Shall we choose? Shall we have faith in the mystery? of our triune God. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us now and evermore. Shall we say amen and alleluia. Amen, alleluia.